Claire Durham with Black Wall Street Today, your media hub for all things Black entrepreneurship, politics, news, and events in Hampton Roads and beyond. When I say Black, y'all say Wall Street. Black. Wall Street. Black Wall Street. When I say Black, y'all say Wall Street. Black. Black. Okay, so I'm going to introduce our speaker. We are in for a treat today as if the food was not enough. Uh, we have Miss Benita Adams with us. She is a successful TV and radio host, communication coach, author, and motivational speaker. She's worked in the media and communications field for over 30 years. For a decade, she worked at the Emmy Award-winning WBEC Channel 13 News. I found out she was the helicopter traffic girl. Do y'all remember that? <laughs> The very first one, right? Uh, she uh, is the host and producer of the radio show Hampton Roads Voices on WNSB Hot 91. It's a live call-in show and includes in-studio guest experts. She discusses important issues and solutions that affect the black community and beyond. As a communication coach, she uses proven strategies to help people get their ideas and message across clearly and effectively something everybody in the room said they needed some assistance with. Her clients gained confidence by working on both verbal and written skills. Her passion is helping baby boomers and middle-aged women 50 years and older in their midlife journey of transformation and reinvention. That's all I'm going to share. Benita's going to tell the rest of her incredible story. Some of you all may have heard her this past week on Black Wall Street today. She was amazing. <laughs> Welcome, welcome. So raise your hand again. Let me see the people who are just getting ready to start your business. I heard everybody. I think there were at least five or six people getting ready to start a business. Okay, just one or two just getting ready to start. I love that you said that you weren't a public speaker, and then you said, oh, forget that. I'm just going to claim it. I'm just going to claim that I'm a public speaker. I love that. And that's so important. That's so important. So when... I was asked to come out today and we're talking about engaging our audience. I'm going to do a little bit of a spin on, oh yeah, thanks, a little bit of a spin on public speaking. And I want to debunk a couple of myths about public speaking. First of all, we have to understand, understand that words are powerful. Can you agree with me on that? Words are so powerful. Words can build up and create, and words can tear down and destroy. I remember uh, an artist, she actually happened to be a, a Christian artist, and she said that when she was eight years old, she happened to uh, come down the steps and her parents were talking to one another. And she heard, she didn't hear anything before this, but when she came downstairs, she heard her father say, I think she is one of the most unattractive, ugliest girls I've ever seen. She said, and her father and her mother didn't even know she was standing there. They didn't know that she overheard it. Again, she didn't, she didn't hear anything up until that point until she heard her father say that. And she said that that changed the course of her life because those words impacted her so greatly. And when we think about the power of words, we, words are as powerful as a blow. If somebody came and they hit you, or they punched you, or they smacked you, that hurts, right? 
But when they say something, when words are given to you, when words are put on you, and you, the old term, called out of your name, my mother used to say, that hurts just as much. So when we talk about engaging others and so forth, I want us, us to start with reminding ourselves the power of words. The Bible says the uh, life and death is in the power of the tongue. You see how powerful that is. And we don't have to wonder sometimes why our children, when especially our brown boys, especially our brown boys, when they get to a certain point in school, they drop out. Because if you have heard from the beginning, you raise your hand, little Johnny raises his hand, she just put your hand down, you know you don't know the answer. How can you not as smart as your brother? You always say the wrong thing. After a while, Johnny, what? He's not gonna raise his hand anymore, right? And after a while, Johnny doesn't even want to go to school. And after a while, when Johnny does not have to go to school, he doesn't go anymore. You're talking about the pipeline of prison. Those are words that many times created those things. When mama said that to you, and daddy said that to you, and auntie said it to you, and your teacher said it to you, and your coach said it to you, we cannot haphazardly throw words around because we feel like it and say, oh, I didn't mean that. I'm just kidding. I have three kids all together. Really, I have four children all together. I have my son who's 31. I have my daughter who's 35. I have a 33. I have another daughter who's 35. And I have my little bonus son who is three. And two weeks ago, I turned 60. But I still have this wonderful little bonus boy. And he's fantastic. And I have custody of him. And I'm loving every minute of it. Yeah, I am loving every minute of it. <laughs> no, really. I told somebody, I tell a story, at the time I didn't even know they still, I didn't even know where the baby aisle was in Walmart. I'm like, they still sell stuff in Walmart? I haven't been in 30 years, so I didn't even know where the baby stuff was. So I'm in the process right now, at 60, of potty training. I said, did I do this? I think I did this already, and yet I'm still potty training. Wow, you don't even know the direction your life is going sometimes, and yet we still continue. And so I say that to say that I, of my two daughters, the 35-year-old and the 33-year-old, they're very different. When I first had them, when I first had my first child, somebody said, oh, you know, when you, when you have your kids, it's going to be so challenging. And I had her, and she's a textbook case of being compliant and easy to get along. I got this. This is nothing. I can raise this girl with my eyes closed until I had my second daughter. I went, oh my Lord, is this what they were talking about? Oh my gosh, we started reading books like How to Raise a Strong-Willed Child. And parenting isn't for cowards. I'm like, oh, I get it now. So I say it in these terms. My one daughter who's just really nice and well, all my kids are nice, but she's just that type. She doesn't want her anybody's feelings. And my other one, well, they're always going to be honest. You know, so I'm just telling them how it is, and I'm like, Mom, And so I would go, yeah. And so my oldest girl, who's the really the, the, the different kind, she would say something unkind, but she'd laugh. I was playing. I was playing. I don't mean that. And the other one said, I'm going to tell you to your mom. I'm tell you. I'm like, whoa. They're both saying the same thing. We're saying it differently, right? So words, words, words are so powerful. And we know that words can direct the course of our lives. We know words can change. Words change us because if we 
constantly say, I can't. I can't. Who, me? Oh, no, not me. Her. Yeah, 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 not me. That's going to get into our spirits, right? And we're going to start to believe we can't. But when we say, I can, I will, it's possible, I'm going to do it, I'm moving forward, I'm reinventing, I'm changing my life, then we start to believe it, right? You know, maybe I can do this thing. And so we know words are so, so powerful. And we also know, as I said, I'm going to deep uh, bump a myth a little bit about how the framework in which we're looking in terms of public speaking but when we think about uh, this, I don't want to always think about in terms of public speaking in the formal sense. Because sometimes just the term public speaking makes people feel like, oh, no, not me. I'm a, I'm a behind-the-scenes character. Uh-uh, don't, don't put me out there. Don't put me, uh-uh, no, not me. I don't, I don't like talking to people. I get that. I looked up the ten great, a list of the ten greatest fears. I bet you've seen this list before. It says, some of the ten greatest fears, flying. Loneliness, death, insects, public speaking. And I just happen to do that with number five. Do you know that people rather fly or die or be lonely? <laughs> so, you know, you're not supposed to talk. We're like, uh uh-uh, uh, honey, let me fly. And I don't even want to fly. Okay? People don't like public speaking, it makes them fearful. But again, I don't want us to think about these words that we have at our, uh, to, to use. Disposals, learning from our words at a disposal, just in this behind a podium with a mic in front of a large crowd. Think about the people that we talk to every day. Think about the people in the lives that we can touch every single day. We come to a networking event, we have to stand up. How many of you were nervous when you thought it was your turn to say, I was like, oh my gosh, I gotta say something. Oh, yeah, not bad, not bad. Or, oh, he comes to my, maybe they'll just skip over me, maybe. So a networking event, that, that's public speaking. You're at an event, you have to uh, raise your hand and ask a question. That's public speaking. You're at an, uh, some sort of community event. That's public speaking. All of that makes a difference. And so in, in, in business and social sense, all oh, that's public speaking. And that's what we need to do when we engage other people. And so I love that. Even speaking one-on-one is so important. So anytime we open up our mouths, it's important to learn how to connect or talk to people. So I have four tips for you today. There's a whole bunch to unpack. But... Uh, I actually am going to have a pop-up of compelling, telling compelling stories on the 19th of September. I'll tell you more about that a little bit later. And we'll unpack all of these things right now. I'm just going to present them to you. But we're going to be talking about how to tell your stories. We're going to talk about how to connect. We're going to be talking about how to use that language, how to present yourself. But right now, I just want to give you those four tips in terms of speaking with others and why it's so important. Okay, so tip number one. This seems so simple, and it's almost like, Benita, why are you telling me this? But this is tip number one. You are more confident when you talk about something you know know about, right? That's number one. Talk about what you know. Don't try to be this person over here, and don't try to be this person over here. It doesn't mean that we don't learn from other people. I don't mean that. It doesn't mean that we don't grow and expand. But if I talk about what I know, if I talk about my passion, my passion, doesn't it come across? You talk about, I've seen you on online so many, I said, you did. No kidding. Her. This is what's happening. 
person. So, so you talk about real estate. You're passionate about real estate. So when you talk about, you're passionate about education. You're passionate about promoting events and so forth. And when I'm passionate about something, doesn't that come across? When I love it, when I am compelled to tell you about it, that's step number one. You gotta talk about what you love. You gotta talk about something that you know something about. I think about TV as a big term, you know, it can be online, it can be anywhere. What is it that people watch reality TV? Sometimes people say, I don't want, I don't want to tell anybody I watch The Housewives. Right now, I was, mm -mm. So, I sometimes you feel embarrassed. But why do people watch reality TV shows like The Housewives and like famous people and so forth? Why? You tell me. Why? Why do you watch that? Entertainment, absolutely. Some people like to see trade Okay. Exactly. <laughs> and some people are not You are not kidding. Why? Sometimes controversy, but also wishing to be like them. That's right. We get a glimpse behind the curtain. We get a little glimpse behind the curtain. Like, oh, I wonder how they live. I wonder how the rich and famous live. I wonder how celebrities live. I wonder, I wonder, I wonder. We want a glimpse behind the curtain. That's why we look at those shows. But even if we don't do the reality TV thing, why do we follow people on social media then? And they're going to be Richard Banks. Why do we follow people on social media? It's my tongue. Why? And most people do. To do what? Sometimes it's to track your record. And people moving forward. Yes. Um, they do a lot of things. They do. You know, so you want to see what they're doing. You want to see what they're doing. They, their record, their lives, their projects can inspire us, right? Like, oh my gosh, look what she's doing. She just started her business last year. Look where she is now. She's thinking about making that change of reinvention and transformation. She's going to leave her job. She's scared. She said she's scared, but you know what? She's going to do it anyway. That makes us hopeful. It makes us say, if her, if him, what? Maybe me. Maybe I can do that. And that's why when you got up and you talked about yourselves and your goals and where you're headed, that's why that's so inspiring for us. Because you're like, yeah, that's what I want too. And so that's why. That's why. So we talk about what we're passionate about. The next thing is, I'm going to jump ahead. Um, the next thing is, number two, we talk about, you have to know, number two, who you're talking to. How many millennials are in the room? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Do you know the years of millennials? You're not quite. Millennials, I looked that up. Millennials are 1981 to 1996. Are you a millennial? Raise your hand if you are. Okay. Oh, 
to 80. Right. 65 to 80, Gen Xer. 65 to 80. Okay. <laughs> inspiration to others, but I, number two, have to know who I'm talking to. That's important because a Gen Xer may think differently than a baby boomer that's very different than a millennial, okay? So we have to know who we're talking to. You have to up-level your language. You've got to change your language. I'm going to use a really old example. My, my, my mother's 87. 87, in really good health, still driving, and she would say, I'm in my right mind, which is nice, you know, being in the right mind at 87. Uh, she had, my mother was really sharp. Well, my father died several years ago, and he was 78 when he passed. But one thing about that is I had to try to help my father change his language. My father said one day, you know, I'm not sure why colored people still do what they do. I said, Dad, we don't say that anymore. I know, we changed that word. He said, oh, we don't say colored and Negro? I said, Dad, we don't say that anymore. Don't say that He said, well, what should I say? And I'm trying to give him the, oh, the new terms. He's like, ah, oh, I'm too old for that. I'm just going to call him colored. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Oh, good luck. And then when I was teaching, I taught on the college level for uh, over 35 years, and I met a gentleman, and uh, he was a, he, uh, a trucker, that's the term he used. And he was, he was uh, old, and I was like um, probably about 65 or 67. And he used an example, he said, I met some Orientals the other day. And those Orientals, I tell you, they bring all their folks with them. I said, oh. Reinvent ourselves. One of the sentences, I'm good at 
Fill in the blank. I'm good at networking, encouraging, teaching, solving problems, inspiring. You see, again, the words, we're all loving, we're reinventing. We have to, Les Brown, who's a motivational speaker, many of you probably heard him. And what Les Brown said, he tells the story of how he uh, struggled so much with, as he called it, being given away. You know, he has a twin brother, and they were adopted at six months. Of uh, they were adopted at six months, and he kept saying, "I was given away. My parents gave me away. My mother gave me away. Gave me away. Gave me away." And he struggled in anger with that until he learned that you have to redefine some define and change the language and how we see our past sometimes. And so he said somebody he had said that on a radio show and a friend called him and the friend said when women have babies uh, they carry those babies out of uh, they carry those babies for nine months. He said if your mother Mamie Brown picked you out of love. She didn't birth you, but she picked you out of love. And he said from that point on he stopped saying I was given away. He said I was chosen. He said you're to find the future. It's the same thing. But you see it differently. It gets into your spirit differently. You see yourself and your life and your future and your possibilities differently because now I'm just not a hopeless person and I'm just a caution to the way my father was an orphan as well. My father was born in 1932. My mother was born in You need to change the language and know who you're talking to. Number three, 
You gotta tell compelling stories. That's a part of what this boot camp, Papa Boot Camp, is gonna be about telling compelling stories. And stories are so important. And sometimes it isn't just the product or the service we need to talk about. We need the people to gravitate to our story. How did you start that business? What were the sacrifices? What did you need to do? How did you interact? When you were discouraged, what did you do? How did you network and, and, and communicate with other people? It isn't just a product or service. Of course, that's very important. But they connect with you. You know that saying, people uh, do business with people they like, know, and trust. We've heard that over and over again. But then you can hear your story. With the clients that I work with, and the second act, and my communications aspect of the second act, I'm working with a particular lady. She owns a, um, she does commercial and um, residential real estate. And when she first started the business, there were very few women in that field. I mean, still not as many women in that field. And so I asked her, I said, what's your story? And she said she was a single mom and she had two girls. And she had dropped out of high school and she never went to college. And she wanted more for her girls than she had when she was growing up. And so I connect with her story and other people who hear her story connect with that. Not just that, yes, I'm successful now, but walking backwards. What, who were you back then when you were a teenage mom? When you decided that you had to drop out of high school, that you decided not to go to college, that you decided to move from one field to the next and move into a more, more of a male-dominated field. We're compelled by your story. What is your story? We want to know your story. That's what we want to know. And it's so important that you're able to tell your stories and tell us what motivated you and to tell us how the problems that you had perhaps helped you devise a plan and a business to solve the problems of others. It says that in business or entrepreneurs, they solve problems for people. They solve problems. So is there a connection there? So you've got to tell us your story. And many women, as I'm going out and speaking, I hear them say, I want to change. I want to change. I've been a nurse for 35 years. I'm working with a client now. She said, I've been a nurse for 35 years, and I love being a nurse. But I want to do something different. I want to change. I want to reinvent. I want to go in another direction. And so all of that is very, very important. And the fourth and last tip, the fourth and last tip, is speak from your heart. Guys, when you speak from your heart, we connect with you. That's when we connect. We speak intellectually. That's wonderful. I, I, I'm an educator, so I'm very, uh, I, I, I know how important education is. But when you're open and humble and vulnerable and sincere, that's when we connect with you. When you tell us something, now one of the things about public speaking, whether again, is public speaking formally, whether it's public speaking when I'm talking one-on-one -on -one with someone, whether it's in a, a meeting or something, people connect with your humanity. I read once that the Kennedys, now this might, the numbers might have changed since I read this, but they said that the Kennedy line, almost everyone starts at birth with a million dollars. They start. Come on, you got the Kennedy name, you got a million dollars, and you what, a uh, month? Oh, what, what? How can you almost not go up from there, right? But when, so one thing about public speaking is, you've got to tell your truth. And when you tell me your story, and it's very vulnerable to tell your story. I tell about, in the book I call this, one section in here, I call it kitchenware. I call it kitchenware. 
And the reason I call it kitchenware is because I tell the story about my father and my mother. And when I was growing up, my mother was so beautiful. She looks nice to be 87, but when she was in her 30s, she was gorgeous. Okay, I'm going to describe her to you and tell you something about my dad. My mother was extremely shapely, had beautiful legs, soft, soft, light skin. Here I go. And good hair. Okay, you see me doing this? Even millennials know what I'm going to say. Good hair, right? And my dad used to say, your mother is so beautiful. Your mother, just look at her. Look at her. She's so... My mother was my father's trophy. And I'll tell you in all honesty that my father, my mother, was the closest thing that my father could get to a white woman. And that is the truth. He couldn't get a white woman, but he got this light-skinned woman with good hair. And he paraded her. And she'd dress up and wear her little gloves. And there's nothing wrong with that. And her little hats and her outfits. But my father was just so proud of her. So when I wrote the section in the book about kitchenware, I said for me, as I said, you got to be open and vulnerable and genuine and sincere. I would, inside of me, I was torn because I was very proud that I had a beautiful mother. But there was another part of me that went, really, Dad? Really? And I'll tell you something that's going to make my dad look really horrible. He was a great man, but he said this to me once. He said... Look at your mother. She's not one of them big bone, dark skinned, nappy petted women. She's beautiful. So, what does that say to us? And that you're not beautiful. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You gotta look like my mama to be beautiful? Dark skinned, big bone, nappy hair? Says she has so learned to perfectly manage. 
acknowledge her imperfections. And we want to know that, yeah, we all have a, a public persona, I get that, but we know that there's some things about us that we all need to change. And so it's okay to be transparent when you're speaking. I don't to tell all your business, now I'm not. But, <laughs> like, girl, let me tell you about what happened last night. I don't know that. But, but it's okay to be real and human and vulnerable. It's okay. Because somebody that I'm talking to, they needed to hear that today. They needed to say, they needed me to say, wow, you look wonderful today. Really? This old thing I got, girl, I just got this from a good little five dollars. It's okay, it still looks good. It's okay to be human and to show that I'm a real person talking to real folks, okay? And so you've got to be able to do that as a speaker. My Angelo says, people won't remember, you've heard this quote before, they won't always remember what you said or what they did, but it's how you make them feel. It's how, when I leave your presence, whether it's a larger, a small group, a one-on-one, how did you feel when we were together? How did I use these powerful words to change the course meaning even of your life? And as I give out, don't we get back? We get back. Somebody says, oh my gosh, I need a parent today. I was having a hard day. And you feel, God, thank you for that today. Thank you that I was in the right place at the right time with the right message, with the right person that I could fulfill part of my destiny today. And that's the power of these words that we're, that we're talking about. So when I say engaging your audience, when I say connecting and using these powerful words, I charge you today to don't be afraid of that. Get out there. As Lisa Nichols says, knees knocking and teeth chattering. I'm going to fulfill this assignment. I don't like this public speaking stuff, but I'm going to do it anyway. I don't want to get up and say anything about myself. I don't particularly like to network, but you know what? Whoever you needed to talk to was there that day, and you had to be there. So I challenge you, use your words, which are power. They can change your life. They can change somebody else's life. Because words make the difference. Thanks, guys. Stay with us online at Black Wall Street Today on Facebook and Black Wall Street Today on Instagram. And then follow us on Twitter as well at BWS Today. We look forward to talking again next week. Have a wonderful week. I have said and I will continue to say that the most important priority for the black community is the black community, not a particular political party.